0: So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 151 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. So on this episode today, we're going to dive into something that is like near and dear to my heart and something that I talk about all the time across all my platforms, on my podcast, on my new TikTok videos, pretty much everywhere. And... Let's dive into it. Grab a coffee. Grab a huge wine. In fact, I am drinking a glass of, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a glass of Cabernet right now as I record this. It is 5 p.m. on a Wednesday, and it's pitch black outside, and it feels like it's like 10 p.m. for me. It might as well be 10 p.m. I've had a bunch of calls today, and it just feels like it's like the end of the day, but it's like only 5 o'clock. It's so funny how the darkness just Fs up your... I don't know, like sense of time. So anyway, all right. Today's episode, let's dive into it. What do Etsy, Amazon, Instagram, and TikTok have in common? You don't control them and you don't own them. That is what they have in common. These are all social media or marketplace commerce sites. That you can sign up for you can sell your product you can create content on but you don't own these and it's really important that you understand the power in that but also that you understand like the lack of power and lack of control and something that i talk about i've been talking about this honestly ever since i started like launch my current business it'll be three years right about now, like as you're listening to this episode January third of twenty twenty three, my first episode in twenty twenty three, which is cool in itself. Like I like the first episode of the year. I feel like it sets the tone. And like what a great episode to talk about control of your business. Um I've been talking about this concept for quite a long time because I what I see constantly are people that have a product based business. And you know, you're 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 spending so much time on social media, which like I'm not trying to fault you for I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. Like, I understand why people spend time on social media like it gets you sales. You can talk to your customers like it's a sense of community. I get it. Like, that's what I like about Instagram, too. But it's really, really important to understand that like these platforms you don't have control over Etsy. You don't have control over Etsy. And that might be where most of your business is coming from you might be on Amazon. That's where most of your business is coming from. Um, You might be getting most of your sales from Instagram or most from TikTok. And like, while that's amazing that you're doing well. And I want you to do well. Like my whole podcast, everything that I do is to literally help you win because I want you to succeed. I want you to win. I want you to make money. I want you to make profit. And I want you to be able to create the life that you want and allow your business to do that for you. So if you want to take vacations, You want to fly first class like you want to send your kids to private school. You want to buy a $10,000 French Bulldog, (laughs) like whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, You want your business to support that life. And I think that's where we we get tripped up sometimes and we view our business as like a hobby or we think like, oh, no, I can't pay myself. And that's just not true. Like you have to treat your business like a business. And. You know, the reason for this episode is that for years now, I have seen this one consistent thing and I, it's like part of my inner, like everything in me just has to like shake people and say, you have to get on, you have to add things into your business that you can control. And like Instagram can be taken away from you. Etsy can be taken away. And I just want to share two stories. Um, of platforms that have been taken away from people. So I ta- I've told the story many times on the podcast. One of my clients who is a pet business. I personally and this I think the reason why I'm so salty about this is because I spent a lot of time to grow their Instagram account <laughs> to 12,000 followers, and it was taken down over something really stupid. And that was it. It was like Instagram doesn't care. They'll shut it down, and you that's it. It's gone and i i need you to take this seriously like i need you to think okay i'm I, and i want you to ask yourself if my instagram account got taken down tomorrow what would my business look like how would i still get sales do i have a way to communicate with customers and you might be saying like no i don't or you might be saying like yeah fuck yeah i do i'm on pinterest i work with influencers i have a brand team like I have a YouTube channel. You, and I have an email list. Like, you might be doing all those other things, which is awesome. And for my client, they did have all those things. They work with, you know, micro-influencers and brand ambassadors, and they are killing it on Pinterest, and they have an affiliate program, and um, what else do they have? They have a lot of different things. They have a very robust email list. Uh, they make well over 30% of annual revenue from their email list, so you know, for them, it was more of like a pain in the ass. And like, yes, it did hit. They got a revenue hit for sure. But like it was recoverable because we weren't relying on Instagram. But I know a lot of you are relying on Instagram. And so that's why I have to repeat myself a lot here because I just see this happening over and over and over again. So I just want to constantly just be here to remind you that, you know, there are so many other ways that you can, Create a sense of control in your business where Instagram, like you don't have control over it. And trust me, when they shut your account down, you're not going to get it back. So you need to be cautious of that. And the same thing with Etsy, like someone that's in one of my membership programs, she posted recently saying that her her Etsy store got taken down. I don't know a lot of details about what happened. And I don't know if her Etsy store has been recovered now. I don't think it has actually. But like that stuff can happen. Same with Amazon. If there's a weird issue, Amazon can shut your account off. They can take your store down, or they can see that you have a profitable like product that's super popular and they can create their own version of that and then wipe you out. So the point here isn't to like scare you or anything like that. It's just to remind you that you have to add layers or like slices of control into your business. And let's talk about like some ways that you can do that. So The one is email marketing and 100%, 100% again and again, email marketing. Um, You own your email list. You completely own your email list. So the more email addresses that you get, the more you nurture your email list. You set up your automations. You set up your workflows. And when I say workflows and automations, those are like Um, series of emails that are going to go out to like either people who sign up for your email list, you're going to send them a series of automated emails. You create them one time and they go out to your list and they nurture those people and try to take them from a lead to a buyer. The second one, the second like nurture sequence that I love is the post purchase. So it's after someone buys from you, they get a series of emails, again, completely automated. You set it up one time. And you're trying to take them from buyer to like customer super fan. You know, you ask them to post on social media for you. You ask them to, uh, you know, join your referral program or like join your loyalty program. Um, you know, just things like that. I'm not going to go into super detail here. There's like the card abandonment sequence. So email marketing has the most insane amount of power to make money in your business. And I know so many of you are listening are not utilizing email marketing. And I really want you to, like I invite you to take control of your business using email marketing. It is the one of the, and it's honestly like email marketing is so easy in so many ways. So much of email marketing is automated. It's passive. And when you come up with a strategy and a plan with email, it's very easy to maintain, you know, and you can repurpose so much of the stuff that you're already creating and create emails with that. So email marketing is going to be my number one recommendation if you are ready and wanting to sort of make sure that you have some control in your business. And even if you think you're not ready, um, you still should be working (laughs) on email marketing Um, and work on growing your email list, work on nurturing your list. And if you're wondering how to do that, I do have a resource for you. You can grab it in the show notes. It is called My Email Marketing Toolkit. And it's pretty amazing, I have to say for myself. It is um, one, it's a toolkit that will help you like nurture, grow your email list and make money using email marketing. So it includes a year of email. So it's going to give you a year of subject lines, email prompts that you can use. It's freaking awesome. I spent months making this resource and I just love it so much. And the second resource in the toolkit is the email marketing workflows. So the ones I just told you about. I actually created my own set of templates that you can plug and play, plug those into your email marketing software, and you have your email automations like ready to go. So these are th- this is a tool that like I've created for you because I hear from people over and over and over again that you don't know what to send to your email list, you don't know how to use email marketing, like you don't really know what to do, and you don't really know how to leverage e- the power of email. And it is a powerful. Powerful platform, and you don't need a huge email list. You know, you really don't. And I think like you want to be working to grow your email list, but like you don't need an email list of 10,000 people to make money from email marketing. So, email marketing is really going to be one of the key ways that you can take some control back into your business. So, I want you to really consider it and, you know, take it seriously because I know once you get started with email, like you'll actually like it. It's Like I love email marketing. (laughs) Um, Okay. And so a couple of other things that you can do just to be sure that you're taking control of your business. And this is going to be not really a marketing tool, but it's going to be a sales channel avenue. And that is your own website. So this is for my Etsy people. If you're on Etsy and you don't have your own website, I highly, highly nudge and encourage you to also build your own website. So, building a website on Shopify. So I'm like teen Shopify. I love Shopify. Yes, there are other platforms. There is like WooCommerce and BigCommerce. And what else is there? I don't know. There's some other ones. But for me, it's like there's only Shopify. I love Shopify so much. I built my first Shopify store years ago and I kind of fell in love on day one when (laughs) I got a template I built so after I sold my business, I started like doing random kind of like random marketing things for people. And this this like high end fancy bag company hired me to build them a Shopify store. And I was like yeah, I want to do it. Like, let's do this. And I was like, you know, I built websites and other platforms. I haven't used Shopify yet, but they were like, oh, you know, that's fine. Like, I like what you've done. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do it. So I built her a Shopify store. And like, that was my first time using Shopify. And I just, I like fell in love. I literally fell in love with it. I remember sitting at, so I used to take my son when we lived in like, you know, this urban part of Seattle, we used to go to this Donut shop. I forget what it was called, like Maud Donuts or something. It's like vegan donuts, which I'm not a vegan, but their donuts are really good. And it was just like part of our routine. It was on his way to preschool. And I remember we sat in there like one morning, kind of before his school, or I don't even know what we were doing. Maybe it was like on a weekend. I don't remember. But I remember like building, I remember getting this client and I remember sitting in this shop and I remember like, playing around with the Shopify template and like the power that it gave you to like change the call to action button so easily and like add video and add these beautiful image. Like I was like blown away because the platform that I used for my subscription box was Cratejoy, and not that it was like terrible, but kind of like it's kind of terrible, <laughs> So when I use Shopify, I was like, holy shit, like you can like drag and drop stuff and you can like, it, it just it's so easy, it's so intuitive. And I know some of you listening are like, I fucking hate Shopify. I can't build any websites. Like stop saying that it's easy. So for me, it was easy to do. And when but like it took me, I've been using Shopify for years now, like four years, and now, I truly can like crack out an entire website in like a couple hours where when I first started using it, it took me a long time. Like it took me weeks to build that website for her. So I just want to give you a frame of reference that it's taken me four years to like become a Shopify queen, which I think that I am because I love Shopify so much. And I feel like I always talk about them. I love them. So anyway, so Shopify, like they give you templates that you can purchase. They even have some free themes, which I don't really like very much, but they do have some free themes. You can buy a template for like two, $300 and the templates are amazing and it allows you just to basically create some ownership in your business. Like you should never have a business that you're relying on a third party person to keep your business afloat. And like, I love Etsy. I sell digital products on Etsy. I know a lot of you have Etsy stores. I think Etsy is awesome. Personally, I love Etsy. Um, But you also want to make sure that you are also driving traffic to your own store, you know, like if you on social media, like you, ideally, you'd be sending traffic to your own store. And then on Etsy, you can leverage the algorithm, you can, you know, use the tool Marmalade, or Marmalade, however you pronounce it, you know, get your keywords up and ready, make sure your tags are good, like make sure you have great product photos and video and your shop is optimized. You can use Etsy ads to drive traffic like Etsy is awesome. You could also like kind of connect that to Pinterest or YouTube and kind of get that going. But like your social media traffic and all that or like your blogs and well, actually your blog would be on your website. But my point here is that, you know, ideally you're you're leveraging your own traffic to your own store and then Etsy can take care of its own stuff because of it's a marketplace. So people go to Etsy, they search for something. People aren't necessarily going to find your website or your products you know, if you haven't launched your store yet, like it shows up on Etsy. So anyway, by having your own website, you're going to be able to like really take control of your business. And I think that's really, really, really important. Like you really want to take control of your business. So those are two key ways to take some control in your business. And then other things that you can do that are, they are third party, but they are building longevity in your business. So things like SEO. So SEO has to do with search engine optimization. So this is part of things that you, there's a lot of SEO. Okay. There's a lot of like layers of SEO. I'm just going to talk about the most simple one, which is on page SEO, which is what you do on your website. So for example, if you sell hair scrunchies, I'm just using an example. I recently bought a soulful scrunchie, couple soulful scrunchie hair scrunchies, and I'm wearing my champagne scrunchie right now. And I'm looking at it in the mirror and I love it so much. And so let's use the hair scrunchies for an example. So you sell hair scrunchies and you want to make sure that when people go to Google and they type in a specific type of hair scrunchie or like a specific thing around scrunchies that your brand or product shows up on Google. So what you need to do is you need to add things like keywords on your product pages. You need to on every single product page in Shopify at the bottom of the page. If you scroll down, there's going to be a little thing that's like it says SEO or search engine something. I forget what it says. Um, And that's when you're inside of your website, like not not customer facing. This is going to be when you're inside of your store and you open up a product page. At the very bottom, there's going to be the search engine area. And you're going to have a place to add a title for the page and then a meta description. And then there's going also going to be the URL link. So all these are connected to SEO. And so like in the most simplified explanation here, what you're trying to do is one thing. You're trying to tell Google what you sell. That's it. Because what happens, Google is like the matchmaker. Susan opens up her laptop, opens up Google and types in the best hair scrunchies for people with hair extensions. So Susan types it into Google and then Google is like, oh, who sells hair scrunchies for hair extensions? Let me let's check through the data. And they're going to go through millions of bits of information. And then they're going to give Susan what's called the search engine results, um, S C R P search engine results page preview. I don't know the whole list of articles that pop up. And then Susan's going to start browsing through and whatever one looks good to her, she's going to click on. And that's how you drive traffic from Google, but you have to be telling Google what you sell. And so on your product pages, you want to be adding keywords that describe your product or describe what people are searching for. So You know, for example, um, Soulful Scrunchies, that's the brand. So Madison Tinder is the owner of Soulful Scrunchies. And I know that because I helped her start her business. (laughs) I'm not just throwing out random names here. Um, I helped her uh, get her business up and running off the ground and launch. And that was like the best project ever. Um, I love you, Madison. So basically, like Madison would be doing keyword research in an SEO tool. Like, for example, Ubersuggest.com is my personal favorite. She'd be doing some research in there. What are people searching for when it comes to hair scrunchies? And it's going to give you a lot of information, a bunch of keywords. And then you're going to take some of those keywords and you're going to plug those into your website, the back end of the website, the SEO. And then also like on your product pages, on the product images, you're going to add, it's called alt text, but you're going to add a little bit of a description that says something like hair scrunchies for people that have hair extensions or something Then the other part that you want to do that is very overlooked is you want to save your images with a title that's like searchable. So again, if you are selling hair scrunchies and you're uploading an image to your product page that is of whatever it is, a scrunchie, a person wearing a scrunchie, you want to make sure that you're titling those images with words that describe the product or the keywords. Um, Most of the time when you save an image, it's like, jqs21422.jpg. So Google can read the title of those images. And if your image is titled with those mumble jumble of words and letter or like letters and numbers, Google doesn't know what that is. But if it's titled like hair, scrunchies for hair extensions, dash soulful scrunchies, hair scrunchies, like that's how I would title an image if I was uploading an image for um, a certain type of scrunchie. So, you want to kind of do things like that on the back end of your website that will help Google identify what you sell. So, when someone goes into Google, and I don't know what this stat is, it's something like 80 or 90% of all search starts on Google. When you do that stuff, eventually Google is like, okay, we get it. Like, you sell scrunchies. Like, fine, we're going to push your stuff out. So, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. I'm giving you like the Cliff Notes version of SEO. But if you implement SEO, um strategies into your business you are getting your stuff to show up on Google and like I talk about this all the freaking time get do the things today that help your business show up on a search engine and that's not freaking Instagram okay that is seo that is youtube that is blogging that is pinterest those are like the four things that you can do to get your business to show up on the search engine like consistently so when someone searches for something specific Either your website, your product, or your blog shows up, and that's how people discover you. Discoverability, visibility is what this is all about. So anyway, so those are a few things that you can kind of implement in your business to really um, gain some control in your business, you know? And then what I want to talk about quickly are just some other marketing things that you can do to, like, beyond social media, beyond Etsy, beyond Amazon, what you can do to drive sales and drive visibility for your business. All right, let's go. So things like having an affiliate program. So I had an affiliate marketing episode a few weeks ago, my first affiliate marketing episode on the podcast. I'm so excited. Um, Affiliate marketing, like this is a freaking awesome way to drive traffic and visibility for your business. You have an affiliate program, bloggers, creators, um, YouTubers will sign up for it. And then they add you to things like gift guides or blog posts, and that helps people to discover your brand. It's such a no-brainer. And so many people don't leverage an affiliate program. Okay, something else that you may not have included in your business is a customer loyalty program. This is an amazing, like, I want you to think, as your business is growing, how can I leverage my customers? How can I use, and I and I don't mean use in a bad way, but like, how can I get my customers who already like know and trust me and love my product um how can I get them to become like little ambassadors for me so they're running around telling their friends posting on social media um they're creating content for me how do I really encourage them to become my little like brand evangelists for me like it's it's amazing and you can do that through having a loyalty and a rewards program. You can also have a customer referral program. So these are two different programs. They're very similar. And to be honest with you, like affiliate programs, loyalty, rewards, referrals, they kind of get jumbled into like the same program, but it, they're not the same program. They're all very different Um, but these are things that you can incorporate into your business to like heavily increase your visibility so you are not relying on social media so in case your Instagram gets shut down or TikTok gets shut down you still have all these other ways that you're getting customers actively in your business and so that's what this episode is all about it's not to like scare you it's not to be like not to make you feel like you have to start like 25 different programs today it's not but as your business grows like i just want you to to be aware that your social media can be taken down anytime instagram can be taken down tiktok can be taken down and if again if you're on etsy or amazon these are third party sellers like it's a marketplace they can also take your business down and if they do what business are you left with like will you still be able to get customers will you still be able to email your list or anything like that so Not to scare you, it's just to empower you, you know, because the more information you have, the more you can just be aware of things that you need to do for your business. So for my business, The Depper Dog, like I spent the first, almost the first year, like heavily focused on Instagram. I did other things too, but like I wasn't taking them super seriously. And then, and I don't know if I ever talked about this story on my podcast before, but I guess I'll share it now. So it was maybe a little bit before the first year in business. Maybe it was a little bit after the first year. I don't know. I can't remember. But I was approached by someone that they want. They like wanted to buy my business, and so I went to their. Um, it was a manufacturing company. This was when I lived in Southern California, and it was someone who reached out to me. And at first, he was like, um, "Actually, no, sorry." I met him at a like a pet expo. So I had moved to California, and then I got the idea for Depper Dog. This was like in March or April of 2016. And I want to say it was like uh, March or April, maybe it was like June, maybe like June of 2016. There was a pet expo in Orange County where I lived. And so I went to it and I met, I was going around being like, you know, I didn't even, it's so funny. It's so embarrassing. But like, this is how, it's just funny to share this because it's just a reminder to you how much you grow in your business. Like when you first start out and you have no idea what you're doing and you're like, oh. Like, I'm so cool. Like, I'm starting a business. I actually didn't feel like that. I was really nervous. But I can look back now and laugh at how stupid I probably sounded. But I was like going around to all these booths and tables and people and being like, I'm starting a subscription box business and an e-commerce store. And I was wondering if you wanted to like do a wholesale account. <laughs> I was, I like didn't even, didn't even know how to pronounce, like, I didn't even know how to ask to set up a wholesale account with them I was like saying it the wrong way and I had no idea how to ask about wholesale it was so awkward Um, I remember there were some people that kind of just were looking at me like very strangely they're like I'm sorry what do you what do you what do you want what do you need Um, it's just funny to like look back at that so anyway so I went to one of the booths and there was this guy there and he was selling these like dog granola bars and so I was like oh my god like these are so cute I'm I'm do, I'm like launching a subscription box, and I would love to include these. And so, okay, that's how I started. That's how I got to know this weird guy. So anyway, like I think he either asked for my business card or like I got his business card. I can't remember. And so somehow after like we got in touch and after we went back and forth about the granola bars, I think they never ended up like going in the box. But eventually like he was, he emailed me or called me one day and basically said that his the, his partner, you know, was interested in the company and like they wanted me to come to their manufacturing like warehouse or whatever and like have a conversation with them. So I was like, oh, OK. And he made it seem like it was going to be this like casual like coffee like situation or something. And I basically show up and the guy was like, yeah, like we want to buy your business. And it was like this really bad offer. I'm not even going to go into detail here. But they basically like sprung this on me that the, you know, this ma- manager or whoever, I, I don't know if he-, if he was the manager or the owner. I don't remember anything about this story, honestly. Um, but basically, like they kind of sprung on me and they were trying to like negotiate with me with like no preparation on my end. And I- it just remember- I remember it was just this weird thing. So anyway, so like fast forward, maybe like a week or two later, the two guys met me and my husband at Starbucks, and like we brought my kid with me at the time. And at the time, he was like literally like a year old. And we were sitting at the Starbucks. Like I can remember sitting outside on the cushions, like outside. It was like, you know, warm out. And I remember we were talking about my business. And again, r- r- like, just to give you context like my business was maybe a year old slightly under a year slightly over a year I don't remember exactly it must have been before year because I remember they called me the guy called me at Christmas time and I was like on my way to a Christmas train and I remember being super pissed off that he called me and like interrupted me when I was on my way to this Christmas train thing and like almost made me he did something and he like almost made me miss it and I was super pissed because I was like those idiots already wasted so much of my time now they're ruining the Christmas thing so it must have been I'm giving you way too much information but it must have been it must have been like in the fall when this happened and then because at that point I had told them no I'm not interested in your offer so anyway I'm giving way too much information so it must have been a little bit more than a year after I started my business and I remember we were sitting at the Starbucks and we were talking about like the assets of the business and so when I say assets I mean like your email list size things like that. Like, what do you, like, what do you have that contributes to your business? Like your Instagram followers. And I remember at the time I had about 10,000, 11,000 Instagram followers. And I remember the guy made a comment to me, like something like super snarky about like, oh, like, you know, you, I know with your, 11,000 Instagram followers and your brand ambassadors, like, how do you really think you're going to grow your business? Or he made some kind of a rude comment like that. And that comment, that comment has stuck with me forever. Like that was, what, six, six years ago or something. The comment stuck with me, but I'm also grateful for that comment because as I sat there at that Starbucks sitting outside in Orange County, California (laughs) in 2017, I realized right then and there I wasn't doing enough in my business to grow my business. I was, I was too focused on only a couple things. And just like this podcast episode is about, it's like, how do you take control in your business? It's like, you have to expand, you have to do more things that bring growth to your business. And so his comment was rude and snarky, but it also was like a wake up call for me. And so after that, that's when I decided to get into SEO that's when I decided to start blogging. You know, that's when I decided to like do my affiliate program. That's when I decided to do all these different things to bring visibility and more ways to get customers for my business. And so in hindsight, like it was good that he said that to me because I think like, not that I wouldn't have done it eventually, but it was one of those comments that it was just a wake up call to me for where I was at in my business. And I don't regret anything I did. Like that was my first product-based business. I didn't know anything. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a course. Like I wasn't in a membership program. I had no one to turn to for support or help. It was just me trying to figure it out on my own. And at the time, like whatever, a year, a little bit more than a year in, like that was the best I could have done. Like That was being on Instagram, growing to 10,000 followers, like having my little brand contest, getting user-generated content. Like that was working for me. And so I just kept doing it, you know, and also like at the time I I had a one year old like I I was a new mom going through some heart issues. I had moved across the country like I didn't have friends or family. So like, you know, in hindsight, I still think I was killing it like I was doing the best that I possibly could. But that comment from that weird guy was <laughs> was like my wake up call that I'm like, shit, I need to do more. OK, fine. I'm going to do better like you little jerk and um anyway we 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 rejected his offer he was it was not a good offer and in the end 2 years after that I actually sold my business to a proper buyer who gave me proper money and I was able to exit the company and learn a lot I mean god that that business it gave me a lot of gray hair okay not literally but like Figuratively, it gave me a lot of gray hair, but the amount that I learned in those, you know, almost three years, it's just, it's, it's incredible. You know, you learn so much from having these businesses and going through all the crap that you have to go through. And um, anyway, so I just wanted to share that story about that um, weird guy who tried to try to buy my business. So anyway, so that is it for this episode. I just wanted to share what amazon etsy instagram and tiktok have in common and what they have in common is lack of your lack of control you know you don't control those channels and they can be taken away from you and the importance of relinquishing control in your business what can you add in that you can control so if you do ever lose your instagram or tiktok that you have a way to get customers and sales for your business. So I think this is a really important episode, but I'm glad I was able to add some humor at the end and share my embarrassing stories of like trying to get wholesale accounts but like not knowing how to ask for it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. I love it. I wish you want to know like my huge regret of that business was not recording more things. Like I wish I had documented everything. I wish so badly that I could go back and watch Like if I could access my old email and I could watch like just watch the videos of myself trying to figure out shit or like how I was able to build the first version of the website or something. I just think it's it's so funny. But also now, like, you know, almost almost seven years later, like I'm proud of that early version of myself because I had no idea what I was doing, but I went for it anyway. And I know so many of you, you're you're at like those crossroads where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's not working. What do I do? Like, but you've got to, I mean, yes, there's a time to quit. Okay. But like, I know you can figure it out. I know you can get better and you just have to kind of keep at it and keep learning and growing. But it's just fun to like, look back at those early things that happened in your business and just kind of like laugh at yourself. Like you have to laugh at yourself, but also 99.9% of people Do not have and will never have the guts to do any of the stuff that we are doing, putting ourselves out there, you know, showing up on social media, making the TikTok videos, having the podcast, doing the YouTube videos. Like you're already doing so awesome. And I just wanted to remind you of that. So, Anyway, that is it for this episode. I hope you like this episode. If you did, definitely send me a DM on Instagram and let me know how you're gonna add more control into your business in 2023. And also if you enjoyed my wholesale story because I thought it was kind (laughs) of funny. And um, yeah, any questions, what you liked, let me know. Let me know on Instagram. I love hearing from you and I love hearing that you are enjoying the podcast and if there's specific episodes that you are enjoying. All right, my friends, I will talk to you later. And also happy 20 fucking 23. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.